0: St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, homily for Palm Sunday, April 14th, 2019. The church has just given us a preview of the next week with the proclamation of the Passion. We set the tone for today with the story of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem at the beginning, but we didn't stay there. We didn't let the joyful scene of our Lord's disciples waving palm branches and spreading their cloaks along the road be the final image. That would be easier, wouldn't it? It would be neat and tidy to restrict ourselves just to the images of Palm Sunday. We could take time to immerse ourselves in the sights and sounds of the cheering crowd, praising God for this humble man astride a donkey passing by them. We could freeze that moment in our minds, thinking only of the exuberance and victory how the country folk defied the will of the city-dwelling Pharisees, and how the stones themselves would cry out if the people remained silent. But that's not the mature thing to do, because the story doesn't end there. This mood of celebration we heard at the beginning of Mass did not last for long. When the prospect was certain of a horrific, painful death, our Lord did not flee from Jerusalem. He did not go looking for a new crowd of disciples to shower attention on him. He did not abandon the mission his Father had sent him to complete. The love of Christ was fervent, even when his friends suddenly scattered. The love of Christ was constant, even after the joyful cries of his disciples fell silent. As Isaiah prophesied in today's first reading, the Savior of humanity did not rebel, and did not turn back. He gave his back to those who scourged him. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death. St. Augustine put it this way, Jesus took from our human nature what he did not already possess, the ability to die, so that we could receive what we did not possess, the ability to live forever in God's blessed company. This year, the Church gives us St. Luke's account of the Lord's passion and death, which contains a few unique characteristics. At the moment that Peter denies his affiliation with Jesus of Nazareth in the high priest's courtyard, Jesus is nearby enough to glance directly at him. How much more sharply would Peter's distress wound him after something like that? But whereas Judas Iscariot took his life in a fit of despair, Peter cried cleansing tears and chose to hope instead for God's mercy. In Luke's Gospel, the Pharisees took Jesus not only to Pontius Pilate, but also to King Herod. The boorishness of the sloppy, hungover Herod appears especially vulgar in contrast to the Son of Man. Jesus does not dignify this spectacle with the wasting of a single word, but his silence carries a message. I'm in this world for something far better than this depravity, and so are you. Along the road, Jesus encounters a group of women who lament his fate. We recognize this scene as the eighth station of the cross. Despite the enormity of his physical pain, Jesus spends a tender moment, always thinking of others and never withholding charity. Lastly, his powerful words to the repentant thief still ring in our ears. Today you will be with me in paradise. We wonder how it can be possible, with the apparent severity of the man's crimes. But Jesus leaves no doubt as to the power of divine mercy. When we refer to this passage in the context of a funeral, People sometimes mistake it as a comparison between the deceased person and a notorious criminal. That's not the point at all. Every one of us stands before God in need of mercy, regardless of what we have done. When God forgives and saves us, there is no other forcing him to do so. He is extending a gift which we are only in a position to receive. Going back to the event that frames this whole celebration, namely Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, the challenge before us is to remain committed to him at all times. Let's not disperse right after the parade goes by, as though it made no difference to us at all. Let's not return to the same pointless pursuits that distract us from our true Christian dignity rather, let's keep that reverence alive in our minds and hearts. Let's treat the upcoming week differently than any other week of the year, living out a sort of retreat. Let's acclaim our King, not only when things look rosy, but wherever we go and wherever he ends up. Amen.